My name is Scott Switzer. I'm the Clydesdale. He's Phil Mansfield. And today we're talking about mental strength, the myth of mental strength. Super excited about this one. Phil, how are you doing? I'm, I'm wonderful. Getting the Christmas spirit. We've got um, minus 17 degrees here and uh, we're trying to get some running kilometers done in the snow. So it's, uh, it's challenging. Uh, every time I think of running in the snow, I think of Rocky Four when he's running yep. up the mountain. Uh, <laughs> the so I can just picture you out there doing that. Yeah, I don't, I don't have the body of Rocky, though, that's for sure. <laughs> well, looking from the outside, you would say that Rocky has a strong mental strength to be able to endure those elements. Is that a myth or is it reality? It's, it's a um, – he has organized thoughts is what I would say. He doesn't have mental strength. And I think there's a, a clear success um, criteria around what mental strength is as perceived as. Um, I think there's a, there's a huge pressure at the moment on, um, on the mental strength and showing mental strength and being mentally strong. And I get I get incredibly sad or incredibly disappointed when I, I go into a coaching or sporting environment and I hear coaches that categorize people as, well, they're just weak mentally or they don't have it mentally or they're, you know, they're never going to have it in their, in their heads. And it's such a gross misunderstanding of psychology that, that it, that it's, that it, it's scary and it's, it's very disappointing and it just shows for me, a real lack of competence in that coach or that commentator, uh, and understanding of of the person and the person behind behind the, the 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 mindset, if you like. Yeah, we hear all the time. I mean, I'm a big sports fan. I watch all all different sports, and you hear commentators say all the time they can't win the big one. They just don't have the mental strength to get over yeah. that hump to win the big one. Great in the regular season, playoff time comes, can't win the big one. So when you say that Rocky had organized thoughts, what is it that a Lionel Messi has that maybe someone else doesn't since he just won the World Cup? Yeah, that Harry Kane didn't. Harry Kane happens to be the a football player that plays for my club, and he was the England player that missed the second penalty in, in their quarterfinal, which which meant we lost to France. Uh, had we beaten France, then maybe it was us losing to Argentina in the final. Um, it's um, what does he have? Well, well, he has that. He has that organized thought process. Um, and what the the misconception is is that you are born with a mindset. So if I say to you, you can't do bar muscle ups or you can't snatch seventy kilos, most people will say, well, you just go to the gym and you just train that. And you just work on that. Um, and people are happy that if they've never played tennis before or golf, that it takes them six, eight, 12 months, two years to improve their skills at the particular sport. Where when it comes to mindset, most people will be like, well, they either got it or they haven't got it. They were either born with it or they haven't, they were they weren't born with it. And they don't do the diligence or the work or the skills practice or the self-talk or organize their thoughts in the same way. And in a lot of cases, um, people aren't taught. You know, when you become a parent and someone says to you, uh, it doesn't come with a guidebook. You know, that thing where being a parent doesn't come with a guidebook. I'm just trying to figure this out here. 
it's the same with organizing your thoughts. Like it, it, being a pro sportsman or an elite sports person um, doesn't come with a guidebook. It doesn't come with a, a solution. And a lot of the time that people don't realize that the muscle is a brain as much as the biceps are or the glutes or the quadriceps. And it can be trained. It can be guided. It can be worked with. It can be adapted. And to, for a, in, a, in a lot of cases, um, it's a lack of preparation in training that you see they don't hit the big one or you'd be classified as mentally weak. You hear a lot of athletes say that when when it finally clicks for them, like the game slowed down. Exactly. Is, is that their way of saying like all those thoughts are now organized in my head? So it's not me scrambling mentally for what I need to get through this moment, but it's right there at my grasp. So everything else around me feels slower. Yeah, it's exactly. If we're using the football example, Mbappe there, when he comes up to take <clears throat> what is his third penalty of the game in, in the shooter and he comes up to take that, he's rehearsed that, he's rehearsed that in his head hundreds of times he knew where he was going he knew what he was doing he knew he knew his he had his routine you know like if we look talking from crossfit perspective olympic lifting um having a routine that you follow every time you walk to the bar and doing the same thing gives you a familiarity gives you an organization of thoughts we all know our cognitive self degrades under pressure in stress so something that throws you off of your routine or out of your routine um, will often then be perceived as mental weakness, where what it is actually is that you train your routine and then you need to train being thrown out of your routine. And they haven't gone that stage further of training under without their routine or training under that pressure or been put in that pressure before. Um, and there's a, there's a reason that 30-year-olds perform better mentally than 21-year-olds do. And we say they, they, they're... The age, what is it that age has given them? Well, it's given them experience. It's given them opportunities to be in those situations before, thus organize thoughts better. Yeah, that's, you know, I'm thinking about it in my own, my own life, right? You, you go up to a bar to snatch it and you, you hit it so easily. And then you add two and a half pound plates to the side, right? And then you can't even, you can't even get it into the movement. You, you just like kind of deadlift it off the floor and like, nope, can't get it. That's and there's it. something about that number that throws you off because it can't be the five pounds. It's got to be something else that you are blocking yourself from being successful. That's it. And, and, and so what blocks you in a lot of times there is fear is the fear of well, this this fear is a is a podcast on it on its own in its own right, but fear of um, fear of success and fear of failure they're very different things. Um, we we're equally frightened of both of them, but the fear of overcoming what's in front of you and you start to overthink it, and having that opportunity essentially, what will happen is you can go away from that bar and use 10, 12, 14, however many minutes reorganizing your thoughts a lot of athletes will drop down again and build back up and then they'll get that five pound extra next time and they haven't become better at snatching in that period of time they haven't become 
They haven't had, maybe you could argue, to have slightly more muscular tension, but, but that's a very thin argument. Um, what they've actually done is they've managed to reorganise their thoughts to a point whereby they're willing to take the chance to have to have the lift. Now, that, in sporting commentary terms, would be classified as brave, as strong, as as mentally tough because they went back and had a go. When really what the what your tier would do or your mat would do, they can take that 12-minute process and they can put it down into three seconds. And they can say, right, well, I missed that in the lift. I missed that. I'm at the games and I missed the lift. I can step back and in one short breath, I can go through all of those cognitive processes very, very quickly. Or MJ or Michael Jordan can do it inside two or three seconds. But the actual processes that people go through are exactly the same, whether it takes me 25 minutes or, or an elite athlete three seconds. So really the training process around mental strength is how do I teach my athletes or how do I teach myself to condense that 12-minute block to a three-second block? And then I'll be perceived as mentally strong. Essentially, I'm not mentally strong. I'm just organized in my thoughts. Yeah, my problem is that's a three-month process. <laughs> so I'm a long ways away from elite athlete. <laughs> but but have, flip that around. If I say to you, right, Scott, uh, I phone you tomorrow morning early and say, right, get online now, and we're doing a podcast about this, you mm -hmm. have that. Your experience in media and your experience in hosting a podcast means you have it in there. Maybe you don't have it around the snatch bar. I don't know. But you have it in your in what you've practiced and what you've trained. And the more conscious we are in and around what we've done in training and the more we expose ourselves in training and the more we dare to put ourselves out there in training and the, the, the better we are at the evaluative process after training, the better we will be at it in competitions. So, so people are, are very happy to go back and watch their videos back of their snatch technique and say, oh, the bar path's a little bit off here or I'm picking up a bit too early or my hips are coming up, whatever it may be. But we should also be going after, well, what was I thinking at that particular time? How do I organize my thoughts better? How did I approach the session? Was I, was I on my phone scrolling Instagram, looking at people, looking at people who are better than me snatching, already feeling quite inferior, already feeling quite insecure, then going and picking up my bar or did I go in and be positively reinforced? How are my thought process going in? Was there a difference in my session based around my morning preparation for the session? What worked, what worked for me? What didn't work for me? Are all the same evaluative processes we go through for our physical performance? We just tend to forget them with mental performance and tend to think that, well, it's just I was either born mentally strong or I, was, or I wasn't, where essentially mentally strong doesn't as a as a term doesn't exist it's just how quickly you can organize your thoughts yeah and i love the way that this can translate to the real world you know you use the podcast as an example if little little uh, sneak peek behind the curtain i don't know what subject we're talking about when i get with phil you know i'm just i let him lead what we're going to talk about and what you're getting is my instant reaction to what he's saying uh, as kind of an audience member showing you my reaction to that. And I go back to my days where I was a trainer, um, the, the lead trainer for the state of Ohio in my job. There were times where my staff would call in sick 
and I'd have to go out and do a training with no notice, but I had done it so many times that that was nothing for me. And I would say the reason I was the head trainer is that was my elite ability at that time. And I had organized my thoughts so much over the years that that was second nature when I went out there and I didn't even get nervous about it. And that's it. And, and that's you're delivering, a, a, you're delivering an educational piece. So in that context, many people would, would say, well, it's really wonderfully organized thoughts because, and you're also delivering an educational piece. So that's allowed that what we're, what we're trying to do is take your organized thoughts in an educational piece and say, training is an educational piece because it tends to be then sort of um, performed physically we drop the link between the physical element of what well, I'm using my body and that that body is controlled by my mind as I'm walking in and out of the gym where you're lecturing or you're teaching or you're sort of imparting of information is, is an intellectual property. So it makes sense for people to say, well, that means your thoughts have to be organized to deliver, deliver an intellectual property. Whereas do my thoughts have to be in, all, in order to deliver a physical output? Absolutely they do, if not more so. The problem is that link is lost. And then we get to game day and we get to game time and it doesn't happen. And it isn't, it isn't we've talked before on the podcast about having conflict. You haven't taken those conflicts with yourself in training. You know, one of the, for me, one of the most dangerous worrying signs I can ever have from an athlete is when they turn around and say, oh, I just want to have some fun and I want to do it for fun. That's the big red flag for actually things are going wrong in my career and I don't have a focus. And at that point there, when you switched your mind off of, and it's just all about having fun, um, you actually tend to lose the focus and lose that process. And that's for me, the start of the end of a career when people say, I want to start having fun. It's a, it's a lost path. Um, and, and that becomes disorganized thoughts and those disorganized thoughts become bad training. That bad training becomes bad performance. That bad performance just cycles down. So let me see if I understand this. So you say you have an athlete that whenever they go up to a snatch bar, they have to give themselves three cues. Mm. And then you have an athlete like, say, Matt, who in the middle of a snatch knows, ooh, the bar's out in front. I need to adjust now. Are the, is that kind of the, the as we get the, the stages where Matt is the elite athlete and he can adjust on the fly to anything that goes wrong? The other athlete has to kind of cue themselves, get in that frame of mind, and then if things go wrong, they're probably not going to be able to adjust in the moment. Like the first time Matt ever snatched, he couldn't do that. Right. Like he had to learn that from somewhere and his dedication to be the best, his dedication to his mindset, whether he, co whether he consciously said, I'm going to sit down and work on my mindset now to sort this out, or he subconsciously felt that, if I do that, I'm going to be a better athlete. This result is the same thing. It's maybe not a conscious process. I don't know, but it maybe it's not a conscious process. 
but it is a an ability to self-regulate in that moment. It's an ability to understand the importance of self-regulation. And if self-regulation is that important in everything you do, in your commitment to your task, that will be perceived as strength when really it's a it's a commitment to it means that much to me to be able to teach myself to self-regulate during the snatch movement over time, over repetition again and again and again and again. Yeah, I, um, I am completely fascinated by this. I cannot believe that 15 minutes have flown by this fast. Um, but with that, we're going to say goodbye for today. Um, if you like what you heard, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notifier and share this with friends. If you think there's friends out there that, that need to hear this, if you have any topics that you'd like us to discuss, make sure you leave those in the comments or hit fill our eye up on Instagram with that. We'll see you next time on the Clydesdale media.